will end it after the shovel, or will it? Miami running around, circling, oh look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle, touchdown! Oh, how can you drink a miracle? Right, hello, welcome back to Game Week, the Dolphin UK podcast. It's finally here, um, part two of our season uh, preview. I'm joined by Lee and Simon, as always. How are we doing, guys? Si, you okay, mate? Yeah, thanks, Andy. Yes, finally here, isn't it? We've been going through such a, a whole massive thing with COVID-19 and how sports have been inf- impacted, and we've taken such a long road to get here, but it's, it's finally coming, and we're going to get some games. That's it. Exciting times, man. Lee, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Really, really excited. I've got to be honest. It's going to be kind of surreal watching the teams actually take the field tomorrow because I think I won't be the only person that's always had that little bit of doubt that is this actually going to happen? And, you know, now we're here. We've made it. That's it. I wonder how the spectacle's going to be like as well. It's going to be different, isn't it? No fans in the in most of the grounds, and uh, obviously Dolphins lucky in that respect. But going to be uh, going to be a really different one, and uh, and very interesting to to see how it goes. Um, yeah, right. I think we'll kick off today. We're just going to uh, have a quick uh, preview of the Pats game on Sunday, and then some season predictions as well, which uh, could throw out a few dodgy takes, no doubt. Um, quick bit of news to to start with. Um, depth chart released yesterday I mean you always have to take these with a bit of a pinch of salt but uh, but yeah any kind of immediate reaction Lee from you any any surprises on there um yeah I think obviously Darius might have been put down as the number one tight end on there I think serves a few purposes um like you say you got to take it with a, gra- with a grain of salt I think Pat's week you might want to take it with a bag of salt because I, th- I think it's a bit of a two-fold thing. We mentioned before we think Mike Gusecki is really going to be used as a third receiver. He's going to be used as a slot guy. You know, we all know that really that's his specialty is catching the ball, even though he's improved in the in pass blocking. That it's not really what he's in the game to do. I mean, everything about the depth charts is, you know, this is going to be run heavy, which kind of makes sense with, you know, no game action to speak of so far. You know, there's, there's been no preseason. But I also wonder if that's too obvious, and that this is this is Brian Flores playing Bill Belichick at his own game, just just playing depth chart madness the week of the game. Do you know what I mean? Because we all know when you see the depth chart, you you see the starters. You know your eyes instantly go to the stars, and you go, oh god, that's happened. That's happened. It's going to be di- dictated by the defense. That's out of the field, you know. With you starting off offensive defense, you know it's going to be dictated by what happens on the day. It's it's really just the the depth chart. I think gets us excited, but I think when it really comes down to it, when they take the field on Sunday, I don't think it really matters too much. That's it. Yeah. Sire, any like, takes from you, mate? Anything uh, interesting on depth chart for you? Oh, no major surprises from from what I can see. Um, interesting that uh, Lynn Bowden is immediately ahead of Malcolm Perry on the depth chart. But I guess, considering their respective positions they were drafted, it's not a major surprise, I suppose. Um, Robert Hunt, interestingly, appears to be uh, the backup at right guard and right tackle, which, again, is interesting. 
uh, Michael Dieter backing up Ted Karras at centre, of course, as well. But again, not not a surprise. Just interesting points to note, really. So, to me, no no major surprises. And sorry, just one thing that I noticed just there, which I mean, we mentioned the other day, is um, punt and kick returner. Jakeem Grant's been put down in in pole position for for both jobs when. You know, obviously last year we saw Preston Williams doing it. We saw him doing it in training camp and people started to get worried. We, we also brought a couple of guys onto the team where people were like, you know, these guys are here to be punt returners. They, they can do it all. But when it comes down to it, you go with a guy that you know and a guy that you trust. I think he, you know, doesn't have the best hands for that job. For kickoff returns, it's fine. I think when it comes to punt returns, he, he looks a little nervous at times. And I think he's had a case of the dropsies in the past doing that particular job. Interesting to know on the ESPN version of the depth chart, they've got Noah Igbenogane listed as the second um, kick returner behind Grant. So that's interesting. I wasn't, I'm not aware of whether he's been a kick returner in college before, but it's interesting to know that he's down. Yeah, I think he did a bit of kick returning and uh, kind of, for what it's worth, that's carried over to Madden as well, where he's the primary kick returner for the Dolphins straight away. You're playing that. So that's uh yeah, probably could be an interesting one to, to throw in a, a spanner in the works. I was quite annoyed that, well, I'm not annoyed, but I was. Uh, it, it's interesting that Preston Williams is still down as a second uh, punt returner as well. Um, yeah, I still think that, it, that that's very much a case of if Brian Flores thinks something needs to happen and he, and he needs, you know, he considers Williams to be the better of the two the two receivers, he'll put it back there. I actually, I don't know if anyone else has been watching um, the, the new Sky NFL channel the other day they were they were playing a couple of Patriots games. You saw Julian Elderman, you saw um, Danny Amendola there. You know, they, they were receivers one and two on the team at the time, returning kicks and returning punts because it's such an important phase of the game. And I think we've had some bad experiences, obviously with Raycom and Millen getting hurt in his first preseason game and Preston Williams being hurt last year um, in a game where he was returning kicks and punts. I know he wasn't injured on on one of those plays but I think the way Flores looks at it is kind of the way Belichick looks at it it's an important phase of the game and he would take the security of good hands over the the big play potential I, I want to secure the ball I don't want to give up a short field yeah for sure um, uh, just quickly switching to another position on offense uh, like uh, Jordan Howard um, put down as the starting running back over Matt Breeder anyone surprised not personally, to be honest, but uh, you know, you've got your two down back maybe and your breeder as a third down back. So. Yeah, no no surprise there, I don't think. Um, obviously, remains to be seen whether he stays there, particularly if he gets um, injured, of course. But yeah, no no surprise to me there. I, I think if they could, they would have put them down next to each other if they could yeah. list two starting running backs. I think it's just very much a, whichever play we call first will be the first running back out in the field. It's not, yeah. it's not really a one and a two, it's a, a one and a one. That's 1A it. and 1B. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, right, I think that kind of covers that really, doesn't it? So we'll, we'll move on to have a look at our, our opponents on Sunday. who are quite familiar to, to us all by now and we and we finish off the season style against them last year. Uh, we've got um, Dave from the First and Ten who's joining us quickly here to, to, to talk through uh, the Patriots side of things. He's a Patriots fan and, uh, and I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to his takes ahead of uh, what could be an interesting season for them as well. 
Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave, for joining us. We've got uh, you're here from the Patriots Podcast UK, and you're also a fantastic editor. So, yeah, thanks a lot for your time doing that, and uh, thanks for not like sabotaging it because of the uh, Patriots Dolphins uh, <laughs> relationship uh, going on. Uh, you obviously haven't uh, listened to them back properly because I always put a little bit in there somewhere. <laughs> all good, mate. All good. <laughs> um, right, uh, new season, um, massive changes uh, in New England. Massive changes in Miami as well, to be fair. So uh, could be seeing a, a slight change in, in the balance of power, maybe. But uh, I mean, how are you feeling, mate? Are you feeling positive this year? Got a new quarterback, everything at the helm? Um, like, weirdly, like, like the quarterback side of it, I am quite positive about. Like, I've loved Cam Newton ever since his Auburn day. So just from like that point of view, I'm really happy that Cam is our quarterback because I think he's better than uh, the other options, probably. But I think defensively is where I'm uh, really pessimistic. We've got so much, so much turnover there, and that's why the ball is. Um... Most are in Miami now, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like I think that yeah, there's more uh, more t- players that I've been a fan of over the last few years uh, going to be playing on the other side on a Sunday night than there is uh, playing for us. But yeah, it's going to be weird. That's it. You've got a couple of uh, big opt-outs as well, haven't you? Patrick Chung, I think, is it uh, High Towers sitting out? High Tower, yeah. It's I think, there's, I, think, I think it's eight or nine. I think we've got more than any other team. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's the big thing. And there's some big names there, as well as obviously losing players like Van Noy, Jamie Collins, all players that are really important. There's, uh, yeah, so so much turnover on that side of the ball. I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on that secondary to really step up because I'm not sure they're going to do it up front, to be honest. You mentioned a few weeks ago. Do you think, it's, do you think the opt-outs is... Obviously, health is reason one, but do you think that the decision's made slightly easier because a lot of these players have won in the past and they don't have that chase? Do you know what I mean? Like some players, you know, yeah. you know, are, are at the back end of their careers or, or chasing a ring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of these players have had success, so it might be easier to make that decision. Yeah, I, I 100% think that. I, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier when you've already sort of been there and done it that you can sort of take a year off and especially for some of these players as they they're some have won multiple rings. It's not like it's uh that hunger's got to go a little bit, no matter who you are. I think other than maybe Tom Brady who is a bit of a machine and sort of carries on, but so many players or not many players you see get into their thirties and still want it quite as much as they did ten years before. So yeah, I definitely think that makes it easier, especially for players like Hightower and let say Chung, both have won plenty there. So, yeah, I do think it makes it easier, especially when, I mean, the prospects for this is not that great. Um, I think that, yeah. well, if you're on the fence, it definitely makes it that bit easier, doesn't it? That's it. Go on, Si. Yeah, Dave, I think it's purely down to a massive master plan by Bill Belichick to <laughs> effectively tank this season. I'm going to throw it out there right straight away, Dave. I think he's clearly tanking for Trevor, isn't he? It's so I, obvious. I'd be so in favour of it. I, I, as soon as um, as soon as Brady said he was leaving, I was so in favour of just all out tank, get rid of everyone, anyone who's above about twenty three, get them out, and uh, just start again. But I just oh. don't think I don't think Belichick's got it in him to tank. Like, yeah, I've got the Dolphins plan. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've got news for you, Dave. It it doesn't work. <laughs> and we've got first-hand experience of tanking. So, and they that's did everything got, they could, and they did. That's they your head manage coach it. is too good. Your, your head coach is too good to tank. You know, it was the same problem for us. 
It feels like that kind of segues on to that that brought in Cam, and like I feel like if you were actually tanking, you'd have stuck it out with Stidham. But what are you kind of expecting yeah. from Cam? Are you, are you, are you, are you like the new superstar, or are we talking one and done? Um, if I had to bet right now, I would say he gets a new deal and he's there for however many years it ends up being. But I just think it makes a lot of sense from both sides. I think he fits what Belichick and the rest of the coach staff want. All the reports and pretty much all through Cam's career really is how hard he works. There's obviously other stuff with Cam and some of the uh, weird stuff that he does off the field. But <laughs> I think on the field and sort of in practice, I don't think you can really question him. And I think that's all that they want. And yeah, I think he fits the mould really. And I th- yeah, I think this team's going to be almost too good. Even though I don't think they're going to be great, I think they're going to be too good to get one of those top quarterbacks. And I mean, that almost sort of backs them into sort of keep him uh, can. Are his injuries a bit of a concern, Dave? Because clearly he's he got released by the Panthers, Panthers based on his injury history. And didn't he isn't he recovering from, is it, was it an ankle or a shoulder or both that he's had? Yeah. Are, those, are those injuries a concern, do you think? Um, yeah, obviously with any player it's a concern, um, especially a player with his style. I think he takes a bit more punishment than your average quarterback, doesn't he? So, I mean, it's definitely a worry. And I think if I think that's the, if it doesn't work out for Cam in New England, it will literally just be down to hell. I don't think it'll be to do with anything else. I think his style and sort of talent is going to be enough. It's just whether that shoulder and foot and all the different things he's had over the years are sort of good now. And again, the reports are, all, are, are, are that they are good. But I mean, it's hard, tough to know how much that you can believe with uh, any team, really, let alone the Patriots, isn't it? When they're talking about their new starting quarterback being healthy, you can't really trust it until you see it. That's it. And do, do you think kind of, I mean, obviously we are going to find out on Sunday what it's all about, but I mean, Sunday's going to be a weird one, isn't it? No pre-season, yeah. that sort of thing. And it's going to be, I think it could be a bit of like a, a scrappy game and that'll just be indicative of the whole league at the weekend. But uh, what, what do you reckon predictions wise? I mean, like, where are you going to give us a hard time and vice versa? Um, I say it's so hard to predict. I think this first two, three weeks is basically going to be a bit of a pre-season for everyone as well, I think. I mean, I really think offences are going to have an advantage over defence overall. I think they can, I think offences can make things work. I think they can speed things up. And where, this, where a lot of these defences are probably going to have new players, they're going to have, well, both of these teams have got new players on, sort of all over the field. Really. I think that's going to favour the offence more than defence. But yeah, it's so hard to predict. I, I, I think, yeah, I think you, like you could run the ball all over us. Even, I'm not convinced your uh, running backs are great, but. I mean, up front, I think we're really going to struggle on defence. I don't really know how we're going to stop anyone. Back to, was it, two, three years ago where any old running back come in and racked up 150 and a couple of touchdowns on us. I think it's going to be that sort of uh, run for a while. But, yeah, that would be where I'd really worry. But, I mean, with Fitz, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Fitz versus Gilmore, I quite like that matchup for us. I think that's what I've been reading about, actually, Dave, is the reports coming out of the Patriots camp are that they've not had a good camp against the run. And with Howard and Breeder providing that good thunder and lightning combination, I think the Dolphins got a chance to, as you say, run all over that defence. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's that's the place. Of the whole team, I think there's issues with our receivers and a couple of other areas. But I think, yeah, stopping the run is going to be where we really struggled this year. I mean, I've seen them manufacture something from nothing before, but I mean, there's not much to go off right now. Uh, 
yeah, a lot of players without much experience or not too great. Um, so yeah, I'll, yeah, that's that'd be what would really worry me if you uh, get run if you get the run of the ball early and sort of set the tone there. I think that's uh, how you would win the game against us, to be honest. Although I don't think Brian Flores is the kind of coach to, to tip his hat. I wonder if maybe you can see that a little bit in the depth chart with, with Darren Smythe being the the top tight end on the on the depth chart, you know, suggesting that they're looking for blocking rather than, than receiving. I mean, we've already spoke about in the past that we think Gusecki's really going to be used more as a slot receiver. But I wonder if that's just telling you that they want to go go heavy with blocking so they can they can really pound the ball. I mean, to me, it would make a lot of sense. So I'm a big Gusecki fan. I think he's... Uh... I mean, it's not. I'm, I'm hardly like sort of breaking any news there that I think he could break <laughs> out because uh, I think pretty much everyone's tipped him for that haven't they, this season. But yeah, he's got so much alike. But yeah, I think sometimes it's just do the obvious, and uh, I think the obvious right now is just run the ball in the Patriots because there's not really any signs that they could stop it. Uh, so yeah, I think that's uh, really what will happen. And yeah, it makes sense if they are going to sort of run some tight ends and definitely just pound it all game long. <laughs> Man, it's going to be an interesting one. What's your, what's your score prediction then, mate? Honestly, I do not have a clue. I think I think it'll be... A, yeah, I really think it'll be high scoring. I think both teams get sort of over 25, but I think it could just go either way. If uh, Fitzpatrick throws two or more interceptions, then I think we win. If he doesn't, then I think you're legit. I think it's going to be that sort of game. And, I mean, who knows what happens with uh, Fitz, you know? <laughs> Look, yeah. could be could be seven t- uh, interceptions for all we know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, the only... I think we have to have that sort of performance for us to win this game, really. Because, yeah, I, defensively, I think we really struggle. I think, yeah, yeah, I think a high-scoring game that sort of goes into the fourth quarter and could go either way. I think one of the other things that we haven't really touched on yet is the lack of home field advantage now, Dave, because historically the Patriots have got one of the best home fields in the whole league. And all of a sudden that's been taken away. And the two teams now are pretty much, well, effectively playing on a neutral field now. Yeah. And it's not like this time of year, the weather's going to sort of play into that either. So yeah, I think it's basically wiped out that advantage. And obviously there's stuff with travel and all that stuff that helps anyway. But yeah, I definitely think the, the home field advantage. The Patriots will be one of them teams that does get hit more than others, I think. But hopefully get to sort of November time and it starts snowing a bit and we can uh, take advantage of that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, definitely prefer some fans in there in this situation. Sweet. All right. Well, I think that's uh, round up that little bit then, mate. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for the editing and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I guess we'll Never see you on the other side when we've... Uh, well, we'll find out what the what happens. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if, if Fitz does throw them seven interceptions, I'll be happy to come back on next week to talk about that. So, yeah, just hit me up. We're on to the two Romania if that happens, mate. So I don't know if you <laughs> yourself to I, that too much. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. I do love pretty much like every player at Miami right now. Like Carl Van Noy was one of my favourite Patriots. And Tua was like one of my favourite quarterbacks that's come out of college in years. Flores, I love. There's just yeah, it's a lot of life about Miami. It feels Miami. It feels weird right now. Can we convert you, Dave? Do you think? Yeah, we'll send you a shirt. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, let, let's not go that far. Um, <laughs> I, I just like some of the players, you know. <laughs> like, maybe maybe next year when you sign uh, about five more of our free agents. <laughs> well, thank you very much. No problem at all.
Great. That was a nice little chat with Dave there. Really interesting to get some of uh, his thoughts and uh, quite noticeable that um, it's just uncertainty in New England this year compared to to previous years. So, um, yeah, I think the AFC East is is wide open and uh, and we're not as confident as we have been in the past that they're going to take it by storm. I mean, I guess we can just continue to have a quick chat about the game and how we think it will go amongst ourselves as well. Um, Sly, I'll kick off with you, mate. Any like key positional matchups that you're looking forward to seeing? Any kind of like surprises that you think we're going to see? Not, um, not any particular individual matchups. I've tended to think about it more of a group of matchups. For example, the um, Patriot wide receivers are not exactly. Um, setting the world alight, aren't they, in terms of their careers, with the exception of Julian Edelman, of course. And I think the Dolphins' D um, have got the potential, certainly the secondary, have got the potential to rank quite highly in the league this season. So I think there's definite advantage for the Dolphins there against the Patriots receivers. And similarly, in the running game, the Dolphins' running backs um, have got a real opportunity to, to do well in this game particularly as as we alluded to in the chat with Dave that the Patriots are not exactly having a great camp in terms of stopping the run so those two types of positional matchups I think are where the Dolphins are going to have a distinct advantage hopefully. Yeah it'd be interesting especially with the like you say with their wide receivers obviously uh, their first round draft pick last year uh, and Keel Harry didn't get on the pitch a whole lot uh, until the end of last season it'd be an immediate test for our new secondary I think um, Edelman normally goes underneath and it'll be the, more of the, the linebackers and slot cornerback, that kind of thing, dealing with it. So it'll be interesting to see if Byron Jones is is immediately put on him and, and, and how much attention uh, you know Cam's able to give the, the kind of big target that he always seems to favour anyway. Uh, Lee, thoughts from you, mate? Any kind of one-on-one matchups or that sort of thing as well that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so, I mean, the one-on-one matchup I'm looking forward to is Looking forward to maybe is the wrong word, but maybe uh, intrigued to see. I, I want to see Devontae Parker treat Stefan Gilmore exactly the same way he did to end last season, because then I then I can be confident that this is it, last year wasn't a fluke. This is the Devontae we're going to get going forwards, and I hope it is. You know, it, he doesn't need to go crazy. I just need to see those contested catches. I need to see him. In a good battle, he can't get beaten by Gilmore. If it's a tie at the end of the game, you know, if, if you think they both had their winning moments, that's fine. I can live with that. I just can't see... I just don't want him to, to revert back to Devontae of old where when he comes up against a good corner, he gets played out of the game. And then to to the other side of the ball, it, it's not a particular matchup um, as much as I need the defence to stop Cam running because... I've seen Cam run over us in the past and everything he does with his legs would just open up the game and we would look so helpless. <laughs> I mean, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. I want to say we played Carolina on a Thursday or a Monday night and, I mean, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And we just couldn't do anything about it. And I want to know that that money that they've invested and in that Coach Flores and his defence, because it's very much is Coach Flores' defence, even if he's not the one calling it, um, have found a way to handle it. You know, he's going to have some wins as well. Again, you know, I'd love domination. That's that's fine with me. But, uh, you know, he, he's going to get his wins. I just want to find that we've, we've got a way to contain them. And then when we come up against the Lamar Jackson, anyone that's more mobile, we, we don't instantly just go into the game going, oh, God, how are we going to deal with this again? 
the thing to think about there, Lee, is as well is what Cam Newton are we actually going to see? Are we going to see the Cam Newton of old, or are we going to see the Cam Newton who's effectively been out for a year with with various injuries? Um, can you really envisage a scenario where, on his first game back after a year out, he's going to he's going to run like the wind? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they've got choice because the big injury was the shoulder and that shoulder's lingered for a while and it's really taken some zip out of the arm. You saw it last year, um, even the year the year prior when they were featured on All or Nothing. Yeah. I believe it was All or Nothing. Um, you see how much he struggled during the season, how much it took to keep that shoulder right. And I think that the way they, they mitigate some of the loss of velocity in his arm is they, they put it in his hand. You know, they don't have to be huge runs. They just have to keep them ahead of the chains. You know, he just essentially becomes an extra running back. Um, so, I mean, it's, I say, it's just a fear. I've seen it too many times with Dolphins defences and it, it scares me to death. Yeah. Do you think it's worth putting a spy on him, Lee? So somebody in that middle of that defence who's going to be purely there to keep an eye on, on Cam and he's running. I would absolutely do that. And I think that's exactly why, okay, he may not be the highest paid corner in the league right now after Jalen Ramsey got paid, but that's why you have as much money invested in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones as you do. Because you say, you guys are staying on an island because I want a spy inside. And I would absolutely do that. Yeah, 100%. And I think you kind of made the point about, um, you know, becoming another running back and, and the, the kind of one player that always... Uh, just seems to needle me uh, on the Patriots team is that James White role where just cutting out and taking those short passes and converting the short down yardage and stuff like that. So it'd be really interesting to see how we can uh, combat that. I mean, it's going to be an interesting one in terms of linebackers and stuff. I see we've got, um, going back to the depth chart, got like Shaq Lawson at linebacker, anything like that. So it's whether one of them drops into coverage and stuff like that when, when we see it's obviously coming. But uh, yeah, uh, that's going to be the, the one kind of interesting matchup for me, I think, just, just watching those like running backs and scat backs on the short uh, short yardage things. Obviously, we saw how effective McCaffrey was in Carolina. and I don't think the Patriots will go out as far to replicate that, but where they can, it will be a, a option plays for, for him and, and Cam to, to work out. But yeah, Lee, any, any kind of thoughts on that before we have a quick look at the spread? You know, I, I I completely agree with you. I was just tr- just thinking of a few more instances where it's it's bit us in the past. You know, with a Tyrod Taylor, for instance, and you know, and we've seen those Bills Bills teams come in and beat us when really they weren't that good, but we were just so poor at containing a mobile quarterback. Um, I say, I just I just want to see that there's an improvement. It's we've not got that gaping deficiency anymore. That's it. And uh, yeah, just, just touching on the spread quickly. I mean, uh, we're 6.5, so the Patriots are 6.5 point uh, favourites. Um, feels uh, about right, possibly, but based on current kind of position, that sort of thing. Um, feels like we, we cover it quite easily if uh, we get the momentum going. But but like you say, Lee, if we, if we kind of get Cam, uh, if Cam gets uh, to work early on, I think, it, uh, I think it's going to be a difficult one. But um, yes, Sire, any thoughts on that, mate? Do you think we'll cover or do you think it's going to be a Dolphins easy win or, or what, what do you reckon? Well, if you think about what happened at the end of last season, we had a victory in New England and arguably they've got worse and arguably we've got better. So considering those indicators, I think we've got a real chance of coming away with, with a win. Um, so it will easily cover that spread and, and 
I'm, I'm quite confident actually that, that we're going to see a really good, well, maybe not good performance because we've had no pre-season effectively, but a performance that would be good enough to generate a, a victory. Lee, any uh, takes your side on that? Yeah, I think, you know, similar to Simon, I think we, we're going to learn a lot about this team. I think we're more than capable of going in there. I mean, I know everyone makes the Patriots favourites, but that's based on Patriots teams of the past, not the Patriots of today. I mean, I saw something earlier and they were like, oh, the, the Dolphins never won back-to-back games in New England. Well, a lot has changed. That, that hasn't changed in the past. Do you know what I mean? They've been a model of consistency and that's something they no longer have. So I think things have changed a lot. And actually, I, th- I say, I think we learn a lot about this team. If, if it's a close close win or a close close loss, I think we learn that maybe this team's going to be a lot better this year than, than people think. And if we still lose and... You know, we lose by a bigger margin, but you see signs of progress. You say, okay, we're still a year away, which is what we expect. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's a bad thing. No one likes losing. But, you know, you can say, okay, well, we're making steps. We, we can see the progress. So I think we, I think we can learn a lot in these early weeks. That's it. I think you're, you're completely right, mate, obviously. But uh, the, the, the one other interesting point which I'm looking forward to is, is just that uh, we've touched on already, just the kind of ability to run the ball. I think obviously last season uh, we'd get behind and then it just became a, a you know drive the ball down field and uh, and a bit kind of garbage timey in places. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a different game, isn't it? Really, going to have we've got like a a one thousand yard back as proven. We've got the the so called fastest player in the league as well. So uh, really interesting to see kind of what impact they have. Will it take a bit of pressure off Fitz and will it pick his passes a bit better than we've seen previously? That kind of thing. I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, side quick one from you. Do you reckon we're going to sit? You've already touched on it uh, in terms of the running game, but do you think the kind of new look uh, offensive line is going to be able to handle the running game this week? Are we going to be able to? Like, I think Jordan Howard particularly relies on blocks being set for him rather than generating yardage himself. What, what, what do you reckon on, on that side of things? Well, you're going to have to hope that the, off, the what the offensive line have been doing in training camp is going to be replicated on in, on game day. Really, I mean, we've got no preseason to to look at or analyse at all. So who knows how it's really going to turn out in a game situation? Simply because they've just not had any real practice in in that sense at the moment. So, on in theory, if they, what they've been working on is translated to the field, then yeah, we we could be in for a decent performance. But there's no substitute for actually playing a proper game and of course they've just not had that that's it yeah Lee any any kind of final last takes on the on um, Sunday before we come to a quick score prediction from all of us uh, yeah I just think it's going to be great to see see this team get on the field I think I think as Dolphins fans we're used to not necessarily going into the season full of hope and I think everybody's got that hope just under the surface. It, you keep having to bring yourself back in. Someone says to you, how do you think the Dolphins are going to do? And you go, oh, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be better. When inside, you're going to go, we're going to win a Super Bowl. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's it. Uh, to be honest, I've seen quite like uh, other other fans, other teams' fans, I haven't seen a lot of like chat about the Dolphins in the last couple of Days I've seen a couple of posts come up on my timeline which have got us like winning the <laughs> winning the AFC East and being the dark horse for the playoffs and stuff. And I'm like, just just calm it down a bit, lads. Just like, <laughs> that, that's our role, not yours. Just just chill out a bit. But, uh, 
Go on, I mean, Peter King wrote that article the other day, and then all of a sudden things started popping up everywhere, and people were, were proclaiming them that you know that they would they would win a division on Good Morning Football and stuff like that. I just want to say that just the thing we sh- we should remember: this is also the same team that I know. I know this is a year that Tom Brady got hurt, but he's also not in New England now. They did go from one and fifteen to winning a division. Yeah, it, it's not out of the question because would you say this team? I mean. I must confess to to not being able to name too many of the one and fifteen team off the top of my head, but is the improvement between the one and fifteen year and winning the division less or more than what we think this team has improved from last year? I don't think it's um, beyond the realms of possibility that that could actually happen. Uh, um, but of course, whether they go any further than the playoffs, I think is is debatable because there's no no there aren't the question marks over the likes of. Baltimore and KC and and whoever else are, uh, are the premier teams in the AFC. There's not there's there's more of a concern in that sense, I think, in, rather than winning the division. Because I think uh, you're right. I, I believe that the gap is actually closer than what a lot of people believe. Yeah, and I think. Uh, go on, go on, Lee, sorry, man. sorry, man. Uh, anyone that's that's also um, been watching the NBA playoffs may have seen that the Miami Heat um, have made the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, they weren't expected to because they were a lower seed. And I said to a friend of mine, I'm a big Heat fan. I said to him, as soon as they went in the bubble, the Miami Heat will make the Eastern Conference Finals. And the reason they'll do that is because they are better coached than any team in the NBA. Eric Spolstra is an absolute genius. And I think we will find out if Brian Flores is that sort of coach. And like Simon said, when you get to the playoffs, it becomes difficult. But I think we'll be a disciplined team and we'll be a well-coached team. I think it's worth so much more than we can put a value on. Come on, sorry. I think it's too much of a stretch to think this for us right now, but you just have to look at what the 49ers did in going from, what, 4-12 and 12 one season to Super Bowl the next. Um, so it can be done. I think we're looking at two different teams, though. So I'm not saying by any means that is going to happen, but but we know from that experience that, that it is possible. Yeah, that's it. You're getting getting way ahead of your bold take, mate. It's uh, <laughs> it's coming thick and fast. Uh, but no, I think that's a good point. Actually, we'll, we'll move. Actually, we'll have a quick uh, quick round on score prediction for Sunday, and then we'll move on to season predictions. Go on, Sai, kick us off. Uh, I think the Dolphins are going to win. I think um, they're not. I wouldn't say they're going to win handsomely, but I'm going to go for a 27-24 victory for the Dolphins. Go on, Lee. I'll be honest, that's exactly the same score I was going to say. Um, I don't mean to be unoriginal, but yeah, I mean, I've got to agree. I just think, I don't think it'll be as close as the score says. I think it'll be comfortable. You're always in front. Do you know what I mean? I think the Patriots score last to make it that score. Do you know what I mean? Whereas rather than the Dolphins scoring late to, to put it to bed. Come on, I'll stick my neck on the line and go 31 21 to. So the Dolphins, big score. Um, I think uh, Dave just said more than 25 points for both teams. I can't see it getting into that. I think it's going to be a bit of a scrap in places, to be honest, a bit of a few three and outs and back and forward. And then uh, one team will break out in the second half. I think even with all the players lost, you can you can depend on Bill Belichick having that defence ready and disciplined, the same way we expect Brian Flores to do the same with our defence. And even with no pre-season, I think he'll have them knowing their assignments and 
that's a big job. You won't see so many blown coverages. Will it, will it all be pretty? Certainly not. We'll see. We'll definitely see some preseason style football going through a lot of the weekend. But I expect this to be one of the better games on defense with those two coaches. Yeah, sure. I mean, to be honest, it's not beyond the rounds of possibility that you see like a thirteen ten or something. Is it just a just a proper slugfest and uh, it ends up on the ground a lot? So, yeah, no, man. Hopefully, we come back this point next week and we're talking about a victory. But we'll, uh, I guess, we'll we'll wait and see. And uh, yeah, well, fingers crossed, eh? Uh, right, moving on to season predictions and a bit more wide-ranging than, than that chat. Um, we're going to look at some of the different things regarding the Dolphins and a couple of bits uh, in the wider NFL as well. So uh, we'll kick off with Dolphins' record overall. I think it's going to be uh, an interesting discussion, this one, just because of the variance in in uh, positivity and, and that sort of thing, as, as we've just discussed. But uh, Lee, go on, kick us off, mate. I mean, Dolphins' record and, and, and give me a bit of justification. So I was just sitting here thinking, I hope he doesn't come to me first. <laughs> um, so I, I was watching, you know, a peek behind a curtain for people listening. You know, we get we get the notes from you earlier, you know, a few days before, and we go through and you know write out, you know, I I, I know I write out some notes and answers to questions I got written down. And this one I've been going back and forth on for hours, and I'm looking at it and I do I want to say that? Do I want to be an idiot? I don't know. <laughs> and I think. I'm going to ignore what I've written down, and I'm going to go ten to six. I, I I think that I think this team is better and it is significantly better than last year. Where I, I predicted five wins last year for a team that people thought thought was tanking and was terrible. Um, when I went through the schedule, I counted the, the games that I thought they could win, and I counted to ten. And then I talked myself out, and I was like. Put, let's put eight and eight and sit on the fence. And I put, nah. and I've written down nine and sevens on my sheet. And I'm going ten and six because I counted ten games that I think they can win. I, I genuinely do. Nice, like it. Go on, sorry. I'm going to sit on, sit on the fence. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to. I've got eight and eight. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think the main thing we're looking for this season, we know realistically, we're not a Super Bowl contender this season. And so I think overall, we've got to be looking at progress and how what and what that progress looks like. And I've got us down as an eight and eight team this year. Looking at the schedule, I've got we a brutal start um, and a brutal end with a soft bit in the middle where we get some wins. Having said that, I've got us doing the double over the, both the Patriots and the Jets. So that's four wins straight away, which is half the season. Um, interestingly enough, the best part of the schedule I've got on paper is between weeks seven and 12, where we've got uh, five games and a bye. And I've got us winning four of those and only losing away at Arizona. So um, that's where, the, and we talked about that in our first pod, I think, where we had a conversation around well if two is going to start if we get off to a difficult one where is he likely to start and Lee you mentioned that that week seven game against the Chargers and and funny enough that's where I've got a relatively good bit of form um, for the results so eight and eight um, is where I've got them at right now. Nice and I'm going to continue a uh, sliding scale of positivity. <laughs> I've got this written down as seven and nine actually. I am um, I think I agree with you, Sarah. I think it's a, an absolute horrific kind of start to the season. Uh, just, I don't know, I, I think we'll pick up, but like you say, I think there's a few winnable games after that. But I can see us um, 
I can see us chucking Tour in fairly late in the year, and I think that won't, as much as we'll be positive, and, and I think he'll look good, and he'll look ready to take the reins full-time next season, I think we'll, we'll probably lose a couple of games towards the end of the season to just a couple of teams that are playoff chasing, um, whilst not looking like utterly awful. And I think 7-9 and nine gets us that kind of draft pick in the in the between the, the eighth pick and the 14th pick or something like that as well. But, yeah, go on, Lee, tell me I'm wrong. No, no, I'm not going to tell you wrong because what I'm actually going to say is I'd be happy with both, you know, if they went seven and nine or eight and eight because I think it would do exactly what we said over the last few weeks. It would show that progress. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I said ten and six, and I, I think I can see ten games that I can justify putting us down as winners. But if they finish seven or nine at eight and eight, I think we see that this team has improved and we're on the right track. Yeah. Which of the 10 games, Lee, I'm interested to know um, how, how your 10 differ from yeah. my 8 and Andy's 7. I, can't, I haven't written them down. Oh, no. I was just scrabbling for the schedule as well. I, I think the, the big test is for me is that, is that it's week two, actually. I think that the Bills is the big test, really. If we can, uh, if we can beat the Bills in the home opener and like, look convincing, then I don't see why we can't go on to kind of Lee's prediction. Like, I think that, you know, obviously, the Bills have been tipped by until recently been like the clear favourite for the division and like we've been creeping up and the Patriots have crept up with Cam and stuff as well so yeah if, if we can kind of overthrow that Bills defence which is looking better and better um, and kind of mitigate Allen's legs and everything like that then and, and walk out of that one with a with a decisive win then we go into the Jags game and suddenly we're depending on the Patriots we're 2-1 and one or 3-0 or and oh, and that's when you can kind of start to get a bit ahead of yourself isn't it Sorry, I'm just trying to pull up some some information I was looking for. You guys continue. <laughs> yeah, interestingly, Andy, I've got I've got over the first six, I've got two victories at New England and at Jags, and the the Bills, Seahawks, Niners, and the Broncos. I've got as losing those four. So going into Week Seven, I can see us at two and four, um, but then momentum is everything as well, isn't it? So um, that. I mean, it's it's all theory and in reality, isn't it? Who knows what's going to happen? That's it. Yeah, and I, I can. It's a couple of like I think the Seahawks and stuff like that, and the Forty Nine ers actually just have got their like the, the probably the hardest division or one of the two hardest divisions in the in the whole of the NFL this year. I think I think half of the time that they could be coming out of like bruising like. Uh, divisional matchups and stuff like that, thinking, God, the Dolphins are going to be a walk over this early in the season. And that's where we can really, like, sucker punch them and, and like you say, get on that roll to, towards Lee's uh, prediction if if we can. Um, and then, as you say, down the stretch, I'll come to it later, but I've got the Rams rated really highly and everything like that. And then, uh, yeah, the, that Chiefs game is going to be... Uh, uh, going to be the most brutal on the schedule, I think. Yeah, yeah the schedule, actually, three of the last four weeks. You've got KC... At the Raiders and at Buffalo, yeah, um, three of the last four weeks. So that's, that's quite tricky on paper. All over the place, yeah. Go on, Lee. You were uh, you ready to wow us with your? No, no, I, I can't find what I was trying to pull up. This is a problem. We go through too many websites and look at too much stuff. Can't remember where it is. Um, I was looking at our record in Seattle. It was interesting. I remember that that game a couple of years ago where I say a couple of years, 2016, where we got beat 12-10. Kenny Stills dropped an absolute howler. Do you know what I mean? Actually, our record in Seattle, even the losses, they're not by a huge margin. And I just, they don't scare me as much as they scare some other people because I think we're well coached and I think you can make it, 
that makes it about, I think the Von Miller injury changes the Denver game massively. Yeah. Um, you know, one of our biggest question marks is our O-line and we're taking one of the best pass rushers off the field. Um, I say, I, I mean, I know I've said it before and I'm going to keep banging the drum, the, the Chargers and Rams weeks back to back. Those two teams historically are just not played well at those early, early games on a Sunday in Miami. And I think that that rings true now. I think the Patriots are super interesting because I think we get to win week one. And I think if we get to win week one, we'd probably beat them again later in the season. Um, because I think Brian Flores, Brian Flores knows some, some stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they went into that game last, last year. You know, we all know what it meant to New England. We all know what it meant to Kansas City. You know, but we all know what it meant to New England. And it's not the first time that it's happened. You know, I don't know if it's just we're that team for the New England Patriots. But, I mean, a few years ago, Super Bowl, the year of Super Bowl 50, the Patriots needed to win in Miami to, to get the number one seed. And they tried to run the ball. I think Brady threw about three passes in the first half. And they ran the ball over and over and over. And the Dolphins come out winning that game. Again, in the losing season. Games that don't matter to us. I just think Brian Flores is a better coach than those coaches. And our record's getting better. So I think if we beat them week one, I think we beat them again later in the season. So there's just a, there's a few teams on there that just don't scare me probably quite as much as some other people like say like the Rams. Again, I think the Rams would be a good team. I think it's it's more circumstance that that hinders them coming to Miami more than we're just a, a superior team at this stage. Yeah, well, three very different takes then at least, and we'll revisit them throughout the season, no doubt, and uh, and probably well, either Lee will look way over optimistic or I'll look miserable. <laughs> So it's all good. <laughs> um, team MVP then, a bit different. This one doesn't necessarily need to uh, be given that much recognition around the league or anything, but who's going to be the, the, the standout player? And Si, I'll go to you uh, first on this one. I was hoping you were going to go to Lee first, actually. I've gone for one of the obvious ones, actually, in Devontae Parker, because I think he's got uh, the opportunity to build on his season last year um the the roster in general has improved i think the, the coaching staff have remained in place and we know they can get the best out of him now so i think i've gone for Devante to have a, a good, really really good season um and and get the team mvp great yeah a solid pick i think um yeah and, and if you can get that that'll be a fantastic for us and we'll have found that that receiver that's going to carry us through the kind of to a, the start of the tour year and stuff as well. So, yeah, definitely. That would be very nice. So, I, I've gone for Kyle Van Noy. I think uh, key addition on a, on a very promising uh, defence. I think also just like a natural-born leader. We've seen that in recent weeks uh, with lots of comments from teammates and that sort of thing. And even Dave touched on it earlier about being one of the, you know, the, the, the favourite guys up in New England as well. So, yeah, I think, I think it really adds something we haven't had for the last couple of seasons. And I think he's comfortably uh, one of Flores's like, preferred players already um, knows him very well of course so yeah really pivotal to what we do on the defensive side of the ball I think Lee over to you mate I've put down I think Xavier Howard has a bounce back year and I think he's he's the chess piece that, that Brian Flores wants I, I, I think Byron, Byron Jones does does the, the the gritty stuff, the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheets. He forces you to go away from him. I think Xavier Howard's the one that, that benefits from that and comes up with the with the flashy interception numbers. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, do you think he's going to? Uh, well, yeah, that, that was the main reason. Like, just going to get targeted time and again rather than, than Jones on his uh, Ireland on the other side. I mean, you can see uh, teams kind of moving around receivers to to take them away from Jones. So, do you think that's going to? You think that's really the reason you're going to benefit him a lot? Yeah, I think it's again, it's it's kind of interesting because before Byron Jones signed, we, I mean, okay, not last year he was hurt, but obviously the season before, we would have said teams were doing exactly the same thing to Xavier Howard. So, I mean, it'd be super interesting to see. Well, you've got to pick the girl, one of them. So I think we will find out what other teams think about those two players. Sorry, any thoughts on on those uh, those guys from us at all? Um, you mentioned Xavier Howard. I mean, I've got concerns over whether he's going to last the season with his knee history. Um, and for that reason, um, you'll find out who my rookie of the year is going to be. But I, I do have concerns over over Xavier Howard and, and how long he's going to last, unfortunately. Perfect segue. Go on, mate. Take it away. Rookie of the year. Yeah, Noah Igbenogne is going to be my rookie of the year. Um, I think he's, if, if those injury concerns around Howard do come to fruition, then um, I think uh, Noah's... I'm going to call him Noah because it's quicker and easier. <laughs> I think he's going to see some extended playing time and he's got, with Byron Jones on the other corner, he's got an opportunity to really showcase his talents and, and, and we know he's got the potential of being really, really good from what we've heard in camp and I, and I think he's, he's going to stand out as the, the team rookie of the year. Nice one, yeah. Uh, Lee, go on, mate. So I actually I had two players down for this because, again, couldn't, couldn't pick between them and I, I had Noah down as well because I think he'll play a lot. I think they'll put you know, they're going to run multiple defensive backs out there. So, you know, although I still think Byron and Xavier would be number one, if healthy, I, st- I still think Noah sees plenty of playing time during the year. But the other guy that I had down is um, Raycon Davis. Um, I think the, the expectation is lower. So it's, if we see some really good stuff out of him, it's going to look so much better. I mean, you expect it out of, I don't know, Austin Jackson to perform well his first round pick. I just think he's the sort of player that's the, – the potential upside is huge. And I think we've got the coaching staff to get that out of him. Yeah, and I, I actually uh, put Austin – I put Austin Jackson down in my potential bust and then I changed him to Rookie of the Year. So that's the kind of <laughs> – I, um, I think he's the – he's kind of like the, the, the like key to that offensive line. I think – He's going to benefit from having Eric Flowers next to him, who's going to uh, impart some wisdom and that kind of thing, and, and that's going to lock up the left-hand side of that line very quickly. So I think I think Jackson's going to. I mean, there's a lot of people saying, you know, he's still very raw. He wasn't at his best last year because of uh, like his donation. I think it was bone marrow and, and stuff like that. So he's obviously coming into it um, with a question mark over his head, but he seems to have his head switched on the right way. Uh, glowing reports in terms of like character and, and that kind of work uh, work ethic. And I think that's what Flores will like. And I think he'll slot in um, nicely on the left-hand side of that line, which is going to have a chance to gel before we go on and, 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 and stick to, to her in there. So yeah, 100% think uh, he's in for a good year as well. Anyone else that kind of best of the rest in terms of rookie of the year? Anyone tempted by Malcolm Perry at all as a bit of a, a wild card? No, two shakes of the head. That's what we. Uh, <laughs> is he going to be on the roster next year? <laughs> there we go. Any, anyone for Lynn, Lynn Bowden after the trade? Any interest? Another two shakes of the head. <laughs> say. These guys are set in their ways. <laughs> um, I'm going to flip it then to potential bust, uh, and I'm going to. 
go on Lee's pick for Rookie of the Year. I'm going to highlight Raekwon Davis there. Um, I think I agree with Lee in terms of he's kind of what the coach and staff want to see. Uh, like, you know, he's got that Alabama uh, credentials. He's got, uh, like, a, seems to have a good work ethic and stuff like that. But screaming for me on his college tape was kind of a lack of production. I don't think that's naturally what you kind of kind of criticise defensive tackles for. Um, you know, as long as they can stuff the run and that sort of thing, then you're not going to get the massive stuff on the stat sheet. But I've just got a feeling that uh, he kind of was touted as a first rounder a couple of years ago and then seemed to slide in production and uh, and there wasn't a lot said about him before the draft. So I, I think that might continue. Uh, I think it's a potential bust there. But, but Lee, tell me why I'm wrong, mate. Um, I'm going to surprise you and tell you why you're not wrong. Because I've put down the, the exact same thing because I think he'll be he'll be great or he'll be bad. I don't think there's a middle ground. Um, so I think he's got great bust potentials as, as well. There's been a lot of hype. We know Brian Flores loves him. That's not enough to keep your job when, when the bullets start flying. Um, and I think you're, you know, what I say about him thinking that he's got the potential to be the rookie of the year is exactly the same reasons that he's got the potential to be a bust because if he doesn't live up to, to any of those things, I don't think they keep him around. I don't think that this team is going to be tied to too many players. You know, I think he's going to have to prove that that motor can go because, you know, that last year at Alabama, he's taking plays off. He wasn't showing up every play. But just to mix things up, I did I did put two players down because I thought someone might say Raekwon Davis. So I actually think the, the other one, which might be a bit of a shock, I put down Jordan Howard. All right, yeah. The, the, again, the, in, the injury history... A great player, but the injuries scare me a little bit. I think it's a little bit different than when the team brought in Reggie Bush all those years ago. They took Reggie Bush from playing inside in a dome on a hard field and put him out on the natural turf, and he loved it. Whereas Jordan Howard's come from playing in Chicago outside on a natural field and the same at, at Philadelphia, and I think he he still suffered with with injuries and. I just think it has it has the potential to go that way. I don't think it, I'm not saying I think it or I hope it does. I just yeah, he's one of them players that scares me. That's it, and, and yeah, I couldn't I couldn't see it as well. Like uh, I was I was like I've said to you previously, I was hoping we took a back in the draft and stuff. And when we signed him, I was thinking like I was kind of in the in the camp of is he going to really pull up any weeds and that sort of thing. But I think he's exactly what we need this year. Just a bit of a punch in the mouth and the kind of signing of breed made me a lot more uh, a lot happier with that just to give us that flair on third down and stuff like that. But uh, one side, over to you, mate. I had a couple of names down as well, actually. One was a rookie and I went for, which was interestingly and maybe a bit harsh on reflection, I've got Malcolm Perry down as a bust. Um, so, which is, as I said, he's harsh considering it where he was picked in the draft. But I think about them signing Lynn Bowden, um, which they're very similar players, it seems. And I think... Um, maybe that limits Malcolm Perry's opportunities to get on the field and, and restricts his his snap count a little bit. So I did think about Perry, albeit um, sounds think, on paper a bit harsh. Um, so Howard was the other one I had down, actually. Again, he's like Lee, I have concerns that he's going to be too fragile. Um, but having said that, he was playing in relatively cold weather areas, I think, especially um, in the Midwest in Bears. And, and obviously that's going to have a playing now in Miami in warmer weather might help with his with his body and his recuperation and his ability to shake off knocks. Um so it might it might easily go the other way. Of course he might be fine. But yeah, Howard so. Howard was yeah, Howard was certainly a, a concern for me. 
Nice. Well, according to Dave, he's going to go for 150 yards and have a, <laughs> a massive game on Sunday. So, I mean, well, we won't One be leg. <laughs> Just, I just want to touch on, on the Malcolm Perry thing because I think every year we see players come out of the out of the draft and players that are, that are taken late or are undrafted. And there's always somebody on Twitter who comes out and says, this guy was ranked here. This guy can do all of these things. And people start to get excited. Now we saw this with Preston Williams. Like he's this good. He was, you know, was close to being a first round talent or a second round talent. And it's the off the field stuff that, that kept him back. And it's pan, kind of panned out. You know, we saw some really good stuff before the injury. But often it also goes the other way. I believe it was was it Isaiah Ford who was taken late. And his draft prediction, his draft ranking was so much higher. But really, he's just been been leveled. Do you know what I mean? He's never really made the roster. He's been on and off the t- team a bunch of times. I mean, he played well at the end of last year. I think, you know, he, he does add value. But I think for every Preston Williams, there's 10 Isaiah Fords. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's yeah. easy to get caught up in, in some of the excitement of, Oh, he can do everything. Well, if he can do everything, it probably means he doesn't do anything great. It means he does everything kind of well. Yeah. I tell you, it just worries me. The only reason I wouldn't put him, I'd say I'm not disagreeing with Simon. The only reason I didn't consider him a bust is because I don't consider his potential as high as some other people. No, I think you're, you've said it before as well. I completely agree with the, <laughs> one, no, the, the one bust. Uh, what, sorry, one, uh, you know, one season sort of, we, we pulled up a real gem in Williams and it doesn't happen. Uh, a lot so yeah you, you definitely made that point before and I definitely completely uh, agree on it I just I've just got a feeling that we're going to go to a few more gadget players and stuff this year and now and, and in Changeli's offense is going to utilize a few players um, you know across the middle and that sort of thing and he's got potential there um, but yeah I, I can't see him being a massive factor at all uh, across, well ever really on the Finns roster and hopefully I'm proved wrong but Go on, back to you. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Don't get me, I hope I'm sitting here eating my words yeah. in three weeks' time and he's the best player on the team. I really do. That's, yeah. you know, I don't wish any of these guys to not be good. I think if anyone pulls on a Dolphins uniform, I want them to be great. But just touching what you said there about more gadget plays, and I think I should have brought it up earlier when playing New England. If you go back and watch the game in Foxborough last year, they ran a lot of trick plays. They were willing to do that. And I mean, don't be surprised if you see some of that stuff. I... I mean, I don't know if this is a bold take or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see a play where, where two is on the field and throws a pass or two is on the field and just hands it off just to see what the defence does. You know, I think we saw a lot of trick plays last year. I think we'll see a lot of just things to throw the Patriots off. That's it. As long as we don't call a quarterback run for him. Then, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> just plough out the middle. Great. <laughs> just, just to test that hip, mate. How are you? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, cool. Right. Um, best free agent signing I'll kick off just because it's fairly obvious uh, based on what I've got. Um, team MVP. I think Van Noy is going to be the best uh, free agent pickup. A lot of hope for him. Uh, yeah, like I said, leader. Just think he'll kind of settle that defence early on and uh, give us something that we've been missing for a while which I've already said on the MVP side of things but go on side back round to you mate what, who do you reckon best free agent pick going to be I'm going for the obvious one Byron Jones I think um, we've got the potential to be um, one of the best secondaries in the NFL if everybody stays healthy and I think he's going to demonstrate why they gave him the money to be honest with you he's, he's got um, he, he, for me he's, he's clearly going to um, 
outdo all of the other free agents in terms of his on-field play. And I, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be well worth the money. Cool. Like it. Very, uh, very strong and positive. We like that a lot. Lee, any thoughts? I'm going to have to call an audible here because I also put Byron Jones down because I think he's going to... I, I wanted to put Carl Van Noy because I know how much he means to this defence and I was lucky enough to be on the on the media availability before this with Van Noy talking. You can tell that guy is just a leader. These guys are going to follow that guy. Wherever he says, they're going to be right behind. And I think that's great. And I, I love the signing. But I think having someone like Byron Jones to, again not necessarily get the stats, but to just lock stuff down, gives those, t- those guys underneath time. And I think time is, is, is what they need to make sure that they get their job done. So I think someone like Van Noy might be the beneficiary of, of Byron Jones's great play. And, and maybe even some of the, the um, DNs like Shaq Lawson or Emmanuel Budge, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm going to throw a curveball out then just because I'm trying to think, think of one on the fly here. And I wonder if Eric Flowers surprises us and, and is a solid player because, I mean, I think people's expectations are pretty low. I think it, it, I mean, it might be a bit of an understatement. Um, I think I've gone back and watched some of his play last year in Washington. It was good. It, it was solid play. And I think if you can go through some games and not hear his name called, you know he's done, done a good job. And I, I think I would love to see it. You know, I'd love to, okay, we've got a guard there for the next few years, someone that we can trust who's, who's got some experience and can help some of these young guys come along, like an Austin Jackson. That's it. I was actually going to throw him out there as a kind of final point on that, actually. I think he could be a real anchor on that line this year if it's going to gel and it's going to take a step forward. So, yeah, great. Um, those are the kind of Dolphins predictions we've got. Uh, we'll finish off the, the pod with a couple of NFL-wide um uh, selections and I'll, and I'll come back to, to you Cy first for your two conference champions if I may Yeah I've seen nothing to suggest um, anything other than another Chiefs AFC victory to be honest with you they're clearly um, maybe with the exception of the Ravens they're clearly head and shoulders above everybody else I mean, even ahead of the Ravens of course and we've obviously got no other reason to suggest that they're not going to repeat as AFC champions at the moment obviously a lot can happen between now and the the end of the season it only takes one injury to, to Mahomes and even then the Chiefs had that last year and still managed to pull out a conference a Super Bowl victory so the Chiefs um, for me are going to be clearly the, the one to beat in the AFC in the NFC um, it's very going to be very very difficult for the 49ers to actually reach the Super Bowl again um, I think over the course of time there have only been I heard this on another podcast earlier today there have only been two occasions where a team has lost the Super Bowl and, and returned to win it the following year. Um, so I don't, the 49ers on that basis are not in my consideration for conference championships, but I'm going to go with the, the romantic story. If you like, I'm going to, it's going to be a final swan song for Drew Brees and the Saints and they're going to clinch the NFC and um, Drew Brees is going to appear in the Super Bowl and, and then um, call it a day, win, lose or draw. He's going to, He's going to finish off in the Super Bowl, nice. Drew Brees. Like it, yeah. Um, can see that definitely. Uh, Lee, go on to go to you next. So, I'll start off in the in the NFC. I've actually I actually had the same thoughts as Simon. Uh, I think the Saints are a, a good side. I think they they've been knocking on the door, and I think Drew Brees. I I basically wrote exactly what you've just said. I think win, lose or draw, he's he gets to the Super Bowl, goes out on top. I think he, I think they actually win it. 
But um, yeah, I think they they make it there, and and that's the last game for Drew Brees. And what a great career that'd be! I just think they're I think they're a solid team. They're really well built um, across the board. I don't think they rely on on one thing too much. I know Michael Thomas is is a beast, but I think they could also win games on the ground with Alvin Kamara. So it's I just think they're well balanced. And then yeah. in the Sorry, Sorry, I was going to say just on that Drew Brees, Lee, didn't mean to interrupt. Um, the only concern for me with regards to Brees is that last year he had a bit of a break mid-season with his injury. and he's, he, So he had a bit of a rest and he came back and his arm was still shot to bits at the end of the season. So that that is the only concern I've got around Brees is can his arm strength hold up um, to last the season? And of course, he's got Alvin Kamara and Kota Rulan as, a, as, a, uh, as well. So it's not, not all resting on his shoulders or his arms but that that's a bit of a concern for me for you, you tell, you're telling me Jameis can't take him to the Super Bowl <laughs> I was about to I was about to say um, I don't think I've introduced it really on on this pod at all but on, on the other pod that I do I'm, everyone knows I'm just a massive Jameis fan so I was about to say it's fine it just doesn't need breeze they've got like exactly what they need in the backup role but I'll take the criticism and uh, we'll cover that <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you get a little bit of the Peyton Manning effect. You know, his arm was a bit of a noodle that last, that last season. But I think you get the team kind of rally around him knowing that it's it's kind of one last hurrah. But yeah, you're, you're right. There was a, a visible decline in arm strength. Um, but I, I say, I think they rally around him and they, they get there. And then in the AFC, I mean, obviously the Dolphins are going, so it's fine. Um <laughs> No, um, I, I put down, I put down Baltimore as uh, Baltimore because I think it's really hard for teams to repeat. I, I think you look back through history. There's been some tremendous teams make it make it to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. The amount that go back to back is very, very few and far between. And again, there's nothing to say that the the Chiefs won't do that. I just think that the the Ravens are a great team. And again, you, you're going to hear this a lot from me. So I mean send all your complaints in and get me kicked off the pod. But I think coaching just means a lot to me. And I think the Baltimore Ravens are a, a, a very well-coached team. Again, same with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're, they're, you know, they're very well-coached as well. I just think maybe they're a little hungrier this year, especially after that the exit they, they suffered last year. I think that, that stung a lot. Um, it, it was a bad defeat. And, I, and as an honourable mention, I actually like the Titans a lot. I, I like the Titans a lot. Stole my thunder slightly, but yeah, I was going to go uh, Titans for the AFC. Sorry. Don't worry, it's all good. <laughs> um, but I was going to go Titans. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I agree with uh, Simon's take. And if the Chiefs get there, it would be no surprise whatsoever, will it? And uh, and I also agree with you, Lee. I think the Ravens look the probably the best place to, to challenge the Chiefs. But I, I just think the Titans have got like, uh, they've got that defence which kind of like, it's quite scary now, especially with the addition of Clarity this week. Um, I was thinking back to the Buccaneers Super Bowl win uh, and how they built that on the defense, and then like ran the ball, and, and the quarterback was wasn't really a factor so much. So I think that's the kind of thing the Titans have got set up now. Um, last few years, you've seen a real offensive explosion with Mahomes and Jackson and stuff like that, and and I don't think it's sustainable forever. So I think we'll see this year with a few issues around like. COVID and, and that kind of thing and, and like it's going to be I think a ground and pound team could could do something uh, big and that no reason why Derrick Henry can't really um, 
lead the lead the uh, Titans that way as well. I've also got a bit of a curveball on the NFC side, and I think I alluded to it earlier. But I've got the Rams winning the uh, the NFC. I, I, I just, they're not too far removed from like looking like they're, they're one of the best teams in the league. Uh, obviously, they floundered a bit in that Super Bowl. Um, but defensive additions um, have been like fantastic since then. Jalen Ramsey signing a massive deal uh, earlier this week as well. So I quite like the Rams. I think they're very well coached, as Lee, as Lee just said. He's, he's absolutely crucial. Um, I'm a surprising fan of Jared Goff. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's like a system quarterback I think and that, that may well be the case but if you want to be a quarterback in a system then Sean McVay's system seems to be one of the more fun and better ones to be in and I really kind of like their draft this year I think um, I'm a Florida State fan so I really like the addition of Cam Akers I think he can run the ball fantastically behind any O-line in. and uh, that's exactly what the uh, Rams need and I also really like the addition of Van Jefferson who um, who Brandon Cook's going out the door Van Jefferson's a fantastic route runner. Absolutely love it. I think he's going to be um, a sneaky like upside pick in fantasy. And I think he's going to do loads of stuff that uh, is positive on the pitch as well. Come on, Si. A couple of comments on both of those teams, actually. Um, being a Forest fan, there's absolutely no way I'm ever going to root for a team called the Rams. Um, so so they're never going to be in the forefront of my predictions, um, to be fair. Um, and then the Titans, if they do get to the Super Bowl, and even if they win it, I'd be really, really pleased for Ryan Tannehill if he was to to achieve that victory because I've got a lot of time for the guy. He, he, um, he, he, I did actually like him a lot when he played for the Dolphins and he's a good man off the field as well. So it'd be really, really chuffed for, for Ryan if he could lead them to a victory. Yeah, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Go, go on, Lee. Yeah, I, I just got to say, just, just agreeing with Simon, really, that... I'm way higher on Ryan Tannehill than, than a lot of people. And it's not the Dolphins homer in me because when when he left, I still thought, I, to be honest, I thought it was a great trade for the Titans because he was always going to start in Tennessee at some point, whether that was an injury to Mario or just based on play. And they had, they had the O-line that we could never give him. And, you know, we saw it a little while when we had the sort of dub unicorn O-line. And when he had it, he was superb. You know, he can make all the throws. And if you, if you can treat him as a system quarterback, and system quarterback is not a derogatory term, it's you, you're going to get in there, you understand the playbook, and you you can execute it efficiently, then hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, who's a great running back. Let him pound the ball, and then make the throws that are available. And I think Ryan Tannehill's got the arm to make every throw. He, he can throw with touch. I mean, if he got there, if they got to the AFC Championship game, just it, it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I expect him to have as good a season, if not better, than last year, obviously with the extra games that he'll play. Yeah, for sure. Well, there we go, lads. Next time we speak, we'll have had uh, a week of football. We'll probably be all be wildly wrong in our estimations, <laughs> <laughs> as the football season often does. Um, yeah, sorry, wrap us up with the uh, with the normal plug for the Twitter and etc. Yeah, usual plug. Um, this podcast at Dolphin UK underscore pod on Twitter and Dolphin UK. Um, also on Twitter at Dolphin underscore UK. Grand. All right. Thanks, lads. Really appreciate your uh, your time, and, and we've we finally got to where we were building up to, and, and looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, hope uh, everyone listening, hope you enjoy it as well, and we'll we'll, we'll hopefully be uh, coming coming across to you next week with a with a win under the belt. But we will see. Thanks a lot. Yeah.